Yeah, here. We're fine. Welcome to Get in the Garage, a music podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Luke, and I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Michael, and Hello. Jeffrey May. Hey, hey. Um, today, uh, I wanted to talk, well, we wanted to talk about um, music of protest and change and, you know, social change in our country, because today is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, Thank you for using his full title. You're welcome. Um, Respect. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel like um, music, I, I was on Jeffrey's podcast last week, What Do You Love About Music, where uh, I talked about um, learning a lot of history through music, and um, definitely Martin Luther King Jr. is somebody who uh, appreciated music with um, the social change of civil rights in this country. And um, I really learned a lot from the music that was highlighted in that period. And I thought that maybe I could uh, throw it off to some people out in the world so they could um, maybe learn something or, you know, use music to forward, um, you know, thinking and all that good stuff. I just really wanted to uh, correlate uh, a great man with some great music. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, uh, as uh, being a, a white person as well, it was this was probably one of the ways that I learned about uh, the civil rights music in this country through music. Um, and I just wanted to share that with somebody because if somebody's brain works like mine does, um, this might be a, a, like reading a great book for you. So I just, let's hop into it. We're not going to also- On today's episode of three 30-year-old white guys talk about the civil rights movement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, though- I don't want to just say that we're not only going to talk about civil rights music. We're going to talk about all kinds of protest music, uh, right? All different eras of uh, talking about all all sorts of stuff, you know. So uh, yeah, let's yeah. dive into it so you can get a bit of a taste of what I'm trying to ramble about. Yeah, well, why, why don't you lead us off, Luca? We're, Tell we're, us. We'll each give, give us. We'll yours. each highlight three different songs, and then we'll kind of talk about a general honorable mention type of thing at the end. Yeah, definitely. So songs of change. Um, one I wanted to, the first one I really wanted to highlight was, um, probably like one of my, uh, first discoveries of like protest music, uh, which would be like the Almanac Singers, uh, featuring Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie, um, Cisco Houston, all those good guys. Um, basically, uh, most of the artists that were, um, around Folkways Records in the late, uh, I'd say like the mid forties, uh, early fifties, um, and this group called the Almanac Singers came together to make protest music, um, which probably wouldn't have been called protest music at the time. Like, well, yeah, I guess maybe like a protest song, um, folk music. Uh, they released an album called Talking Union, um, which was to push forward the agenda of uh, unions in our country and workers' rights. Um, things like the eight-hour workday was what they were singing about. Um, and this song in particular, I want to talk about Talking Union um, from the album or Talking Union. Uh, the Almanac Singers tell you how to um, organize. Uh, 
they tell you what's uh what the boss at your job might be doing how he might unfairly try to leverage you into doing something that you don't want to do um and this really spoke to me as a young person um when i first got to work because i did not really enjoy the work life um the eight hour day the 40 hour week nine to five thing and the almanac singers uh really gave me a jumping point for maybe like trying to improve things at my workplace by like you know small things but it was definitely a, a movement to jump off from you know um especially don't mention that workplace you're, you're non-union yes non-union. <laughs> uh we are non-union we can't mention it <laughs> I can't, but the the thing about the song was it made me uh, really look back at the um, the social movement for unions in our country because um, back in the day, so around the turn of the century, we had the industrial revolution in our country, um, and workers were extremely exploited in factories. We had children working, um, you know, long hours. People were dying all the time because of unsafe conditions. Um, and this is really like a group of people that came together in the, in the 40s we, and really tried to um, strengthen themselves around unions so that workers could collectively get together and bargain for their rights that they felt they deserved, i.e. the eight-hour work week. Children are not allowed to work. Um, and Freeloaders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, that's really what this song is about, but... To listen to the song is also to laugh about it a little bit because mm. Pete Seeger sings this one and he uh, pretty much says like, you know, if you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. You got to talk to the boss that's in charge of you. Um, you uh, He says like your boss is a jerk, probably beats his wife. Like, you know what I mean? He's laying some heavy stuff down, but at the same time, it kind of makes you laugh a little bit. It definitely makes me laugh when I listen to it. Uh, but it's definitely like a seriousness song about workers and what they needed to do. And if you listen to the Almanac Singers um, discography, it really is mostly about its work songs, workers' rights, people's rights, um, talking free speech. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And even with this talking union song, standing up to your boss and saying what you need to say, also uh, representing your free speech to do so and not be fired for for that kind of stuff. Um, and this really gave me like a, uh, um, a, the, the history of unions in this country and gave me some kind of pride in my own work when I listened to it when I was a younger person in my early 20s. So that's why I kind of wanted to highlight this one. It's also a really old folk song that not a lot of people know. So, you know. Cool, man. I think it's especially important, especially at that time in American history. This was uh, directly post-World War II, which was a period that highlighted how important manufacturing was in this country when a lot of the men in this country had to ship off cross seas and women and people who wouldn't normally be having those jobs had to take them over. And it showed that conditions need to be better for someone who is slaving away, especially at factories and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, saying something to your boss, like you'd get canned. And now there are structures in this country where you can actually speak to the people in charge absolutely absolutely jeff i that's why i really i like this song it highlights a different kind of social change um and it gave me like a real history to look back on and and, and read up on there's tons the almanac singers 
uh, spawned a great uh, legacy of, of music in this country. And I think it's something to, to look for. And uh, I think Pete Seeger was one of the great organizers of his day. So something, yeah. something definitely to, to read about. Hmm. Mm. I like it. Yeah, man. Good song choice. Thank you. Very good song choice. Um, for my first pick, uh, you know, we, we in our message thread, we tell each other what songs we're going to pick and everything. But like I was talking to Luke a little bit earlier and um, just this morning, being the day that it is, um, you know, there's a couple songs that I listen to and um, I'm going to like sub out one of my first picks for just the song Alabama by John Coltrane. Um, I listened to this song this morning, man. And it like, and like, I was, I was pretty closely moved to tears. Like it's such an emotional song um, for those that don't know, it is about the, uh, the bombing of the, uh, which church was it? I can't remember. Um, 16th the 16, yeah, 16th street Baptist church. Yes. Thank you. On September 15th, 1963. Um, and the thing it's like, it's crazy because, you know, I think a lot of protest music, it's very, the the words are, are like what are really strong and kind of what sort of make things, uh, make songs protest songs. You know what I mean? But Coltrane, I think what he had the ability to do was just create a type of mood. And I think with this song specifically, uh, you you feel i mean you feel it man i i mean you listen to this song and like i think he was extremely effective in creating uh this sort of atmosphere for say maybe a sort of somber tone or this sort of kind of like searching tone you know like that's i mean we can get into coltrane's technique you know all day but i just think this song specifically is just so emotional it's so i don't know man it's just it's so heavy and the fact that it's an instrumental tune and like the fact that it's an instrumental tune and it is so effective in that way is just, I don't know. It blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. A lot of protest music, like you were saying, is kind of on the nose. So for this to be like a song of almost maybe like a tribute in remembrance is like a different side mm. of that. And seeing that there's no vocal on it, it's uh, more of like an uh, interpretive piece on the subject, right? I find that really yeah. fascinating. And I'm really glad you highlighted a song like that today, Mike, because it doesn't always have to be so on the nose. Um, and as, you know, the three of us really know, uh, the feeling of music is really what the three of us are all after. And if that can be reached without words, oh, how poignant, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even still, like you can, I mean, like, let's be real here. I mean, the song is about a bombing. And even musically, what we're talking about is like, even in the beginning, like there's this, there's a tension being built. You can hear, you know what I mean? He comes and he's like, dun, 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 and you hear the drums like slowly. Rub. I mean, it's like the, the, it's so expressive. It's so profound. It's so much. I mean, it's everything I love about Coltrane also in a song you know but uh but yeah i just i think it's uh i think it's a it's it's an it's an amazing song i mean obviously it's in remembrance of something in our history that is extremely tragic um and um just i don't know that that song it just it it just it struck a chord with me 
this morning uh, that was very emotional, you mm. know. And emotional. it's it's very it, it's sometimes it's nice too, especially with no lyrics that will give you time to reflect. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So like, whereas like when you listen to certain songs, you you're paying attention to the lyrics. This song specifically, like you said, man, is like something that like you listen to it and you kind of. Yeah, it's it's absolutely like reflection uh, type music, you know, for sure, for sure. Well, so, what, that, that was a great uh, choice, Mike. Great choice, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that song. Yeah, I I just like the you know even just the highlighting of different kinds, you know. Yeah, Jeffrey, what you got for us? Uh, my first pick today is uh, all of my songs that I chose were songs that came out in my lifetime, and my first pick is Public Enemies "Fight the Power." which is from the soundtrack of Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing, which for anybody who hasn't seen that movie, it's available on Hulu. Check it out. It's uh, from 1989 as the song starts. And what's being talked about in this song couldn't be any more relevant than it is today. Uh, I, I enjoy this song as a protest song because it is, I just think this was like the generation of people that was born when Martin Luther King got assassinated and like they're now 18, 19, 20, 21 years old and nothing has really gotten better in a way things got worse for them. You know, in the eighties you had the failed Reaganomics and the economic turmoil, especially of people of color in this country. You had the crack epidemic in inner cities in the eighties. You had a generation of fathers who were suffering PTSD from the Vietnam war. And this song was made by a bunch of 20 somethings. And they're just as mad as people were in the sixties when they didn't have rights. Um, Because let's be real, it's 2021 and how much, how much more rights do people of color in this country have than they did in 1989 than they did in 1968. It's the same bullshit keeps on going. Uh, This song is powerful as a protest song because of the musical background, not just the rapping, but the production of the bomb squad, which are Hank and Keith Shockley, Eric Sadler and Chuck D it's like this chaotic collage of 50 different samples sampling everything from, it starts off with a civil rights activist speech and it goes into James Brown's funky drummer there's Sly the Family Stone, there's Africa Bambata, there's um, Branford Marsalis sample, there's a Guy sample. It's a lot of samples from Black music from the 30 years prior to the song being released. Um, yeah, man. And it just, it's it's not, I guess it's not that specific of a song, but it's kind of just taking down all the power structures especially the white supremacist structures in this country that hold people of color back. And the late eighties, early nineties, you saw a lot of riots that were based from the mistreatment of people of color by police and by the government. And I don't know. I just, I just really enjoyed, like you said earlier, Luke, the the history of this song, man, like you just think you're, you're 21 years old. Martin Luther King got assassinated the year born, and it's like, all right, same bullshit. Side note, right? The the Bomb Squad produced this song. Um, my uncle was in a hip hop group that was that were proteges of the Bomb Squad, and actually had songs produced by the Bomb Squad in the mid to late eighties. 
Uh, his name's Montez Johnson, and his group was called Kings of Pressure that he was in with his brother on Zoro and a couple other guys. Um, so he and I haven't talked at length about like what it was like being in hip hop in those days. But after this episode, I'm looking forward next time I talk to him to speak about those things because he was someone from New York City who I think he was born in 1968, the year Martin Luther King got assassinated. And I'm sure he felt and his life was like all these things I'm talking about, about like what has really changed in those 20 years. Absolutely, man. That's a, that was a, I mean, I love all these songs. That was a great choice. And I like how you said too, like the, the amount of samples and in those samples too, you also get a history of like, of all yeah. great music up to that point. That's almost all talking about what right. they're talking about. You know, it's like the song is built on that anyway. It's yeah. It's beautiful. like a, it's like taking, it's like a squaring. It's like an equation that squares the, like social unrest and you know right i i i I agree completely man and the 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 production on public enemy songs uh is so chaotic and energetic and there's so much going on in in the top high frequencies of it it's all it's a lot of highs and stuff yeah if you haven't Um, seen the music video like it is like in the streets and it's a crowd chanting and like that's what the music of this song sounds like it sounds like you're in the middle of riots going on is, is this also the song for, uh forgive me if i'm wrong is this the song with the uh the elvis yeah. john wayne line that was with straight up yeah, racist yeah, motherfuck yeah. him and john wayne <laughs> pretty good man pretty good line yeah that's, yeah, a, that's a great line Hulu, um, do the right thing because you know it's a movie about absolutely. all the things i've never about. seen it i uh, i've never seen it and i really would like to so thank you for uh telling me it's on hulu it's definitely gonna be yep. something i'm gonna check out hmm Awesome. Right on. Five. What a great first round of picks, man. Yeah, what a, what a, I think those three songs, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Lots of variety. Um Yeah, man. Well, Luke, let's uh let's go into round 2, man. What's uh, what's next on the uh on the list for? All you? right. Well, I'm going to uh kind of keep it going here with like some work songs and I'm going to choose uh for my second one, I'm going to do uh Maggie's Farm by Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, I love this song a lot. Um, it probably has a couple of different meanings depending on how you listen to it. Um, I think I really took this song differently after I had heard, because I was a fan of the song. I'd listened to it when I was in high school. Um, and when I was in high school, the election of uh, Barack Obama happened. Um, and when I heard, I read somewhere in an interview that he would play this song to pump him up. It was like on a playlist of his. And I was like, I just got so much out of that. I was like, hell yeah, man. Like, this isn't going to be the way it's going to be anymore. We're not going to be working for Maggie's Farm anymore. This is going to be our own thing. Um, so that's where I really pr- kind of mostly took this as being a song of change and of, of protest. Um, and with that, I really love the lines in here. Like, um, Every day I uh, cut my hands and pray for rain. I got a head full of ideas that are driving me insane. Um, It's the shame the way she makes me scrub the floor. It's like, it's just creative. There's a lot of creative people, and I would probably include myself in this, that have to go to work every day doing something they do not enjoy, do not like. Um, People who are oppressed by uh, the people that they work for. Um, and this isn't just in America. This is going on all over the place. It's been happening since the song was written. I like the creativeness of the lyrics. I like how 
Um, it's a family that Bob Dylan is rallying against. Um, Maggie being the person who owns the farm. Uh, and then he goes through the list of, of the family members and how they also oppress um, and discredit the ideas of, of, of the worker and of, of, a, of a person trying to uh, assert their place in life. Um, uh, another line I love in there, he finds you every time you slam the door, like just the, the punishment for just trying to express anything. Um, his bedroom window is made out of bricks. Uh, you can't even see the sun. You know what I mean? You're not, you can't see the, the anything good in life. What's the point? That's what I kind of take out of it. Um, mm. yeah, and I really like this song because it's so galloping. It gets me very charged up. Because, um, you know, when you're under something that you don't like, man, you don't want to work for them anymore. You're not going to be in that system. So I think you can really take this as a straight up work song. Um, for workers and I think you can also use it as um, as the Maggie's farm being anything that is oppressing you and that you need to uh, you know maybe get away from I like how Bob really doesn't like Bob says I'm not going to do it anymore he's just not it's over Um, and I like that kind of lying in the sand attitude and um, it really doesn't tell you what he's going to do afterwards but just the fact that he's realizing that these people don't respect him in any manner. They don't appreciate his thoughts, his words. Um, and I just really like how um, it's, it's taken to where you can, he kind of just goes, yeah, these people don't appreciate me. And if you're relating to what I'm saying, and that means that some people probably aren't appreciating you and uh, you need to get out of there. And I kind of took that message um, I still take it every day, really. I use it in my life all the time. It's uh, something that gave me confidence uh, in myself. So that's why I kind of wanted to highlight this song. And shout out to Barack Obama for um, pointing me out, uh, pointing me to the poignancy of this song without even really saying anything about it. Just the fact that he was listening to it on his presidential run gave me hope and gave me, uh, you know, it made, made me feel... Um, inspired that uh, he liked the same music I liked and could relate to me in that way too and I really love that so that's why I wanted to shout this song out yeah man I mean <clears throat> I think Dylan because I mean Bob Dylan really did I mean he he was sort of part of that lineage right of the of kind of the traditional folk singers like in other words I mean, he knew uh, what well, he knew Woody Guthrie, right? Absolutely. Didn't Woody Guthrie actually give him, you know, so he he comes from that sort of, I think, early American folk Definitely. lineage too, you know. And I think um, I like it's just yeah, it's just it's such an effect that yeah. I, like I mean, how, it's, but with this song, like I could have right. chose "Blowing in the Wind" um, as an right. effective song. Like Stevie Wonder covered that too, um, to great effect. But for me, I like Maggie's Farm because it's a bit more like it's not so on the nose where it can be used for a lot of different things. Um, and I and Bob Dylan is, I mean, was the, the next, you know, he was the lineage of the Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly, uh, you know, protest mm. song. You know what I mean? Talking about what's happening yeah. to you or happening to others, rather, in this case. But um yeah, that, and that's why I wanted to shout it out. I just really, really love this song, and I like how it's not so on the nose. It's got some, uh, some 
almost some humor in it that can kind of make you uh like you know you, you gotta kind of maybe see the humor in some of the stuff and this uh one makes me kind of you know it's got some yeah. funnier moments like uh even when she's she's 68 uh she says she's 68 but she's 74 like that line yeah you know? um and so i really like this one and, and bob dylan really holds that uh legacy i guess for for this kind of music so yeah 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 nice man good choice i uh um, you got man for my second choice i'm gonna go with something of a similar era um acoustic no uh, like a known acoustic guitar player also uh, the opener of Woodstock 1969, uh, Mr. Richie Havens, who came up with a song that was actually co-written. It wasn't completely written by him, by uh, Louis Gossett Jr., who was an actor, but he also was like a folk singer that was hanging around like in Greenwich Village and the coffee houses and all that stuff. So it was co-written by him. Um, but yeah, man, I think the song, it's, the song is Handsome Johnny. And what I love about this song is that you know it's it's very clearly an anti-war song but it's kind of pointing out the war machine right it's pointing out this idea that like we're constantly in a state of, like it's like you know you can hear it's like it's not let, letting off because basically like if you if you look at the lyrics like he goes from gettysburg to dunkirk to korea to vietnam to birmingham and then and in the end you know here comes the hydrogen bomb you know and so it's like he basically charts it out and it's from this perspective of handsome Johnny. Like who is handsome Johnny? Handsome Johnny is just like the average, just the average person who fights for their country's military. That's just obeying orders, but really is really what it is, is that like, they are the ultimate sort of sacrifice are the soldiers. And the thing is, it's, you know, it's the, they're, they're fighting another, man's war and like the sadness about that and the fact that it's it, it just keeps going man like when like the whole that's the whole thing like when will it stop like and you and when, when he puts it out that's what is so great about this song too is for me it's such a history lesson as well as it's a, it's a badass tune you know what i mean because he's telling you he's like you know like hey look again or tell me that's uh what's that you see marching through the fields of concord okay so right there early america and then where do we go gettysburg which is the civil war and then we go to dunkirk world war ii and then korea vietnam you know so it's like that to me is just such a such a statement i think maybe like on behalf of the of the soldiers i mean and 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 especially around that time too when you're talking about 1969 the treatment of like Vietnam veterans when they came back to the United States, you know, um, especially as well. I mean, you figure 1969. So we are still just really fresh off of the, uh, the Martin Martin Luther King Jr. um, assassination, you know, and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think that this was kind of like this song, in other words, is just really something that, was given birth to as a result of kind of everything that was happening and sort of this, you know, musicians kind of just being like, Hey, like, this is kind of fucked up. Like, aren't, am I the only, you know what I mean? Like, am I the only one noticing that we're always fucking at war? Am I the only one that's noticing that? Like, we just, you know what I mean? Like all these people are just dying in the name of, of what? Like of, of people on like a whole other level who aren't getting along. So we have to fight these wars. I mean, all right, Hitler was a, obviously a bad person. So, like, I'm not, I'm not trying Today's to say. Today's episode, World War II, I think, was you know. 
Uh, yeah. Well, right. Yeah, but what I'm yeah. saying, but you know what I'm trying to say, though. You know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, I think, I think present day, we're definitely fighting politicians' wars. Certain, certain sort of militaristic interventions are, you know, maybe say necessary. You know, but the thing is, is that regardless of what the motivation is, I think it's the bigger picture, which is just kind of like, it's why can't we have peace? Like, why can't we have peace? Like, why can't we just get together? Like, if everybody, like, love thy neighbor, man. Like, if we all just took an extra second and like were more considerate you know what i mean and all that but it also shows this kind of power struggle that like the common person has with the people who like basically run the show you know i mean not saying it's like these dark shadowy you know like secret to me i mean it could be but you know that's for that's that's for that's our QAnon podcast. podcast no but you know what i'm trying to say though you know no, no, I yeah. know what you're saying. But you know what I'm trying to say, though, man? It's like, it's just, it's such a social commentary on, like, the idea of this endless war thing that we have in our heads, where it's just like, we've always just been fucking killing each other. And, like, come on, like, get it together, people. Like, yeah, it shows, you know, it, for, for, I, but you're, I mean, kind of, it shows the, the history of, of conflict, right? And mm-hmm. how it escalates into a, you know, a situation that keeps building. Um, and so what you're kind of saying is to maybe reflect on why are we moving? Why, why can't we just stop for a second? And yeah, why can't we just stop and also just see the fact that really the people look, it's ha- look what we've already yeah. done. Like this is look what we've already done. And then look at just look at the handsome Johnny's. You know what I'm saying? Which is basically just like just the just normal. Pe- you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I don't know. You take, I think is you take one person as an individual and you can kind of see them more. It was when you build all of them together, they get kind of faceless. Um, right, so right, right. Narrowing in on the individual who's going to war every time. Yeah. Another handsome Johnny. This is another person that you know. Um, yeah. It gives a face of, um, it gives a, a, a person to the situation instead of just a massive, uh, you know, group of people. And it really lets you see the individual in the situation and yeah. um, how that's escalated over time through different um, escalations, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, I, I get I get what you're saying. I dig that. It's a uh, look at the individual to see the whole. Yeah. In in a you know so you right and it and it is it's there it's like we're we are all people. We're not just numbers. Exactly. I dig that, man. You I know? dig that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you are for my for my yeah, my second pick, Jeffrey. Uh, Love it. Themes. It's a song about the prison industrial complex in America. It's from 2001. It's by like maybe my favorite band of my like adolescence, and that System of a Down's prison song. It's the first track, first track off their second album, Toxicity. Uh, The music of System of Down, almost all of it is protest music. It's like absurd metal music, carnival music but it's all like socio-political themes. And this song is like, it's called prison song. There's no, there's no doubt about what it's about. And every lyric is very blatant about the problems in the prison system in America. I, I love how it just starts with like these big metal guitar hits and that comes in and it's just like rip roaring off the beginning. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no confusion what they're talking about. Stuff like, you know, they sing. I like how they <laughs> sing a verse, and then like in between the verse and yeah. the chorus, they just like quickly say bullet points. They're like, 
Nearly 2 million Americans are incarcerated in the prison system in America. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or the percentage yeah, of Americans that double so in prison. Yeah, like two million people have been... Um, and, and there's, there's parts <laughs> about it that talk about like buying smack and crack and how drugs fund the wars in this country because, you know, it's true. Like money could be put into rehabilitation centers, but instead it's we lock people up and then those prisons get tax breaks and kickbacks off of producing stuff for the government. And it's this like cycle that goes around and around and around. And, you know, it's, it's true. They say all research and successful drug policy show that treatment should be increased and law enforcement decrease while abolishing mandatory minimum sentences. It's like, there you have it. That is a fact. In my opinion, I think I agree with that. Um, I love this song and yeah. all the system of down music. Uh, especially because it's a group of four guys who are the kids or directly they're immigrants from Armenia and those areas that were USSR territories and different names during different times. But they're four Middle Eastern guys making music, talking about the problems in America. And this album came out one week to the day before 9-11. And as we all know, 9-11 started a 5 to 10 to 20 year to who knows type of phobia towards brown and Middle Eastern and Muslim people and all that kind of stuff. And so I love the fact that like guys who embody what a lot of ignorant Americans hate, a lot of ignorant Americans hate are the ones who are actually like talking about the issues and the problems and the solutions in this in this country. Yeah, def- I, I agree with you, Jeff. That's a great song. And uh, it's one that's very different from all the ones we've talked about so far, as it's a metal song. Um, I remember when I first heard the song as a kid, it blew my mind. I really loved it, too, because it, it wasn't just like prisons are bad. It didn't just say that. It gave factual information, like you said, in between like the like rattle off like a, a, a great statistic about um, maybe how uh, it the size of prisons have doubled in America, like you said. Um, like that one, like blew my mind. And then it was something to take home with you. So you, ca- you had that fact in your head and you kind of knew what was going on. So it very much was educational as much as it was a like raging, like, ang- you know, like kind of thing, like against that system. Um, but the straight up facts in there were awesome because it gave, uh, it gave you power of intelligence. It didn't also. It didn't just right. arm you with anger. It armed you with intelligence, which is something I really, really, really loved about this song. And and it's so much different. And uh, the aggressiveness of the song being metal hits you differently and gets gets you like you know like heck yeah man this does suck. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's a great song. And I like how you also uh, pointed out that it was a um a song by immigrants of this country. And uh, America is a melting pot in this country. And on top of that, if you're gonna talk about that, you you know it's also very blatant that most of uh, the people in our prison right. system in America are people of color, uh, disproportionately. Um, so that is another you know just it hits home with it. It's these people talking about them, and that's something I really uh, yeah that was a is a great record for me to hear when I was a young person. Mm. Like I was even definitely younger than you were when that song came out, and my sister would play it and her friends and. Um, gave me something to maybe think about and something to, um, you know, uh, just 
just reflect. You know, yeah, I think so I think this was right literally now. the first metal song I ever heard. Yeah, because like my parents' house got really? painted in the summer, and like the guys left one of those soft cases of CDs just like on the side of the house. They forgot it, and this was this was in there along with like DMX That's CDs awesome. and stuff like that. And I remember putting it on. It's track one, and it just like hits you over the head and. I mean, their System of a Down is a top five oh. band for me, Jump. and the the shame about them disbanding fifteen years ago or close to sixteen years ago is that like I wish that they had been around for this past fifteen years to talk about the shit that's going on. Um, so that's kind of a shame, and absolutely, you know, yeah. absolutely. but I get it. Bands bands can't stay around forever. On the other, yeah. on the other point, though, all those records yeah. that they put out are still so poignant and so useful to uh everybody right now so if you haven't listened to those listen to them there's a lot of great content in there about you know just to to learn about or if not if you're just yeah it's all anti-war it's all anti-capitalist it's all it's all like you said it's angry but it's more intelligent than it is angry Absolutely, mm. and it's songs for for people, for people. That's that's why I dig. Yeah, and sir, to, and also to speak to Serge Tonkin, who was the lead singer of System of a Down. I mean, that dude walks the walk. He he's very active in, especially like um, I think in the past in the past few years, there's been like an Armenian civil war, uh, and he has been very active in the, you know, and the protesting of this war and spreading information and you know all that stuff so he's, yeah, they, he's, they he's are, very much if you want to politically active guys on social media chavo or darren malikian or john dolman mm-hmm. they 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 put a lot of uh yeah. good information out um, there and a lot of links to uh, causes that are good to support and yet they recently got together and recorded two songs yeah. to raise funds to help people who are suffering through the Armenian, you know, civil war stuff that's happened right there from USSR funded uh, militants mm-hmm. against the ethnic Armenians. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, great choice, man. Yeah, definitely great choice. Awesome choice. And awesome. Uh, thank you guys for uh, also shouting out like something that I didn't really know that was going on at the moment. And maybe I need to look up and kind of see what's yeah, going ju- on. Yeah, it started like this. That, it so. started again, like basically. This spring, it really ramped up when, like, the American political cycle got really heavy and, like, the primaries and all that stuff. And I think they purposely did that because, like, in a way, America's kind of, like, distracted with its own bullshit for that six months. So, like, it's hard for us to send troops to, like, help out. Or it's hard, I should say it's hard for us to have people legislate the means to get troops there to help out. It's all – it's the same bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately, but another thing yeah, that great choice, man. pointed out to us, I guess, maybe, I mean, or at least it might not have been music for you guys, but we're talking about music now. I wasn't really educated on it. And now it's something for me to look up and maybe mm. take, you know, agency on. So I know what's going on in the world. Um, yeah. And that's what I really wanted to like highlight in the show. So that was like a, that was a great thing to point out guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, my next song I wanted to do, uh, is is a song that was uh in the civil rights era um 
and for me, this is one that I didn't really know was in the civil rights era. I'd heard this song, you know, as a kid, maybe like all these stations and stuff. And I just you didn't really know um, because it's not so much. Um, it's not so much on the nose. Uh, but oh, the song's called Keep yeah. On Pushing by The Impressions. Um, yeah, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield um, at that point was on kind of like the forefront of making a kind of social uh, music. Uh, that didn't just talk about um, what was, you know, it didn't just talk about the bad things, also celebrated a lot of other stuff. Um, but the song we're going to talk about here, Keep On Pushing by The Impressions, um, the lyrics, Keep On Pushing, um, kind of vague, could be about anything. But this song was, I think, masked in a way so it would get played on the radio and wasn't so, it, everybody knew what it was about but you could argue that it wasn't about what it was about. Uh, keep on pushing as a phrase used in the civil rights movement to keep, um, keep your head up um, that you, we were going to achieve something that, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. message was, was one that was going to, um, you know, push into legislative laws. Yeah. Cause this um, came out the year before the, voting the Selma Act. March and um, voting rights act 65. Absolutely. And it, it helped uh, uh, spur the catchphrase, keep on pushing, to be one of, we are not going to give up. We are going to keep, um, you know, fighting for our rights. And I just really like, too, how it, it I, I, you know, kind of said it, but it's not, it, it can be maths. So this song did get played on the radio, and it was a civil rights song. And it, it gave people hope. And even if you didn't know what it was about, uh, keep on pushing. If you're having struggles in your life, in your even if it's like your like you know melodramatic problems, keep on pushing can be your catchphrase to get out of bed in the morning, um, to keep on your faith in in, in God or whatever you have um, to keep to get you through what you're going through. Um, so not only is this like a very blatant civil rights song. Um, that was, you know, like I said, helped move forward, like the Voting Rights Act, uh, the the protests that were happening. I think uh, this was, you said it was right before, uh, was that the March uh, on Washington? March across the, the Pettus uh, Bridge. The, uh, Pettus I mean, it was, it came out like, I think the summer before okay. that. Thank you. Yeah, and I just really, this song is, for me, uh, Curtis Mayfield just really hits um, a great striding point. And the song to me isn't angry, which I like. It's hopeful, um, so it's it's a different flavor. Um, there's a time for everything. There's a time to be angry, but there's also a time to be hopeful. Um, and this song gives me hope to this day. Um, I mean, not that I was around when it came out, but this song makes me hopeful uh, because, like Jeff has said about some of the, his songs, this shit is still happening today, and it can be discouraging. And it can hurt. Um, and I think the music of Curtis Mayfield, not only this song, uh, but his solo albums in the 70s as well, and uh, the other stuff he did with the impressions, gives me so much hope because he never seemed, he seemed to me like it was going to happen. It didn't seem like he was, uh, it seemed like he was never um, uh, a nihilist about things. Like nothing's gonna change. He always gives me a lot of hope, and um, the way he um, 
speaks about his own people um, is so elegant and beautiful and gave me um, something to the, the, just the, the pride he had when all this bad stuff was going down. He still had pride and hope, and, and that was something that resonated with me a lot. Um, and, yeah, this is a, a great song, and I really... Yeah, really something about it, this so. song that... I don't song. know if it was intentional, but there's there's a lot of, um, like, kind of praise song references in this, which I think were intentional, the Hallelujahs. But the thing that might have been unintentional, but it might have been intentional, is the lyric that says, a great big stone wall stands there ahead of me. And for those of you who don't know about Stone Mountain, Georgia, which is outside of Atlanta, it's the largest Confederate monument in the world. And it was started to be carved. It's it's basically like the racist Mount Rushmore. Even though, Mount, let's be real, Mount Rushmore, uh, a couple of those heads are pretty uh, slave ownery. It's pretty um, racist. But this... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's also on just indigenous for, land. Yeah, um, just for but like just, maybe that's that unintentional. One but I, unintentional or intentional, when I hear that lyric, that's where my that's where my mind goes is thinking about like in the deep south, there's a giant carved mountain of four fucking Confederate like soldiers carved into the mountain. Oh, basically like at a distance overlooking the largest black city in America which is like the biggest slap in the face that you can imagine. And I, I just hear this song, which is, like you said, it's very positive. It's very singable and it's very pleasant. But I hear that lyric and I'm just like, nah, man, there's some definite anger and there's some definite trials and tribulations in this music. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's all there. I just I just don't, for me, this one... Right. For like, it's got both in it. Right. For me, it's the, it's the, yeah, I I agree. Maybe there's like a path out of positivity. I don't even know if Stone Mountain is still up there. So that's why they destroyed it. I assume it's still fucking up there. It's, it's still there. I I believe um, this was, uh, Mm. that's something that I didn't really get that line from that song uh, the way you did, but that was great, uh, a great point out in the, something to, to look up because yeah that i think that is still yeah. there and it's it's pretty horrific it's not great no and they like um, dedicated that shit officially and, in 1965 uh, yes. like like all those you know the confederate statues around america that people are protesting taking it down it's like that shit wasn't up in the 1800s they put that shit up when black people were getting rights like as as a way to be like don't remember who fucking mm-hmm. runs and this shit absolutely and that's what mm-hmm. um i read about that that uh, monument mm. when all that was happening uh, with the statues and stuff. Um, so yeah, man, great, great point yeah. to bring up. And uh, you know, that was something I didn't even like point pick out in that, but amazing. And just, just, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of stuff in, in Curtis Mayfield's work. So if uh, you just check this song out, that's great. But, yeah. All the impression stuff, stuff too, is civil rights music. That that's home. just underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right what on. you got? Right on. Uh, for my last one, right on. Um, for my last song, um, I would say maybe kind of like picking up on on the sort of vibes that you're trying to put out there with your last pick too, Luke. One of maybe like hope and positivity. Um, I'm going to go with Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone. I think I love this song also because it's just such a plea for peace in the way of like 
basically like pointing out our bullshit in such a fun way, especially like the it's like playground it's like this sort of like there it's like exactly you know but it's just like there is a blue one who can't accept the green one for living with a fat one trying to be a skinny one you know and then different strokes for different folks it's just like it's so it's so just like just giving it to you in such a like a playful sort of way but also so so real in that way of just being like can't you just take a step back and just see like the fact that it's just like, Oh yeah, this one's arguing with that one because this one and that one and this one and that it's just like, yeah, like let's get over our, yeah, like what, what are the, re- just see that are, yeah, are like, the everyday people. Looking, Cause that's really what it is, man. Really is like a difference. Like that's just, it's so silly. That's what I mean. And, and that's why right. I love <laughs> how the lyric is delivered right. in such a silly way, but like they're really dropped. Yeah, but they're really dropping, like, fucking, like, if you take a step back and you look at the lyric, you're like, holy shit, man. Like, they're pointing to something that's so big, but they're bringing it down to such a, such an approachable level that's, like, this childish sort of just kind of, like, it's sort of, like, they're, they're, they're very childlike in their way of just being, like, the way that you almost see, like, this, this sort of sincerity that children have, where they're just kind of, like, hey, why is this like that? And it's, like, such a, it can be such a heavy question to an adult who like understands these big concepts, but kids can kind of like sort of simplify things and just kind of shrug and be like, Hey, why? So like, why are we like, why, why does it, why is it that like white people don't like black people in our culture? And it's just kind of like, yeah, why is that? You know, like why we need to ask, in other words, I think we need to ask ourselves these big fucking questions and have a little bit introspective thought, man. And just be like, why are we construct? Like, in other words, the power's in our hands. You know what I mean? It's just like, if you don't feel good, change your diet. It's literally that simple. It's just like, don't like lo- love people, man. Like our differences is what makes us unique, but we should be celebrating the differences together. Not, not using them as like this, like this hitch to just be like, well, you know, you're the, you know what I mean? I, I like that you pointed, I know exactly what you're saying, Mike. And I like how you pointed out that it was in a sing-songy children's way. Uh, let me throw one from the Bible for you. Least you be like little, uh, little children. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> no, for, yeah, yeah. Least you Hell be yeah. like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, yes. For me, the sing-songiness of it and the the, the little kidness, like blue, you know, the the colors and stuff, is um, a lot of times children have a right, and they already know, um, mm-hmm. and that is what is beautiful about it is uh from the mouth of babes right and it's sung in like a playground style um also i believe sly's band at this point was um a segregated Inter- band. integrated so that was also proving um not that or integrated, integrated. that's sorry oh my god i said that completely yeah wrong. one of the, one of the few um, popular ones that where he was not yeah and he was he, he was like um putting his money where his mouth was i think with that like you know what i mean and that mm-hmm. was um that was great. And when, you know, you hear that song and then you look at the band and you're like, man, this is, you know, there's a, a great thing to it. And I like it too, that um, different strokes for different folks is Ugh. a phrase that I keep in my heart all the time. If I see something and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, different strokes, for different folks. That's not my business. You know, you do what you do. Um, I like that too, because even if it's, um, you don't really, it's not something you would do. You could just look at it and still love somebody. Oh, that's not what I would do, but different strokes of different folks. We got. Yeah, I, I think the nursery uh, rhyme yeah. feel of this song I like too. That. I like it, that. 
it goes back to that ad, that old adage of nobody's born knowing how to hate. So it makes you just think about like exactly six year olds mm. on a playground, unless their parents are feeding them a bunch of a bunch of hateful rhetoric. Like a six year old is going to play with anybody, and that's how we should live our lives. Mm-hmm. Whether they're blue or yeah. green, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love the clothes. Exactly. Right, right. And this, the closing lyric, yeah. too, of, like, them all singing it together. And right. the lyric is delivered, I am everyday people. And it's like a group. It's like everybody in, in Sly and the Family Stone are singing the lyric. As they're all saying, I am everyday people. Like, w- in other words, we're all, that's all we are, man. We're all just everyday people. Like, let's fucking get it together, man. <laughs> like, we're all part of a whole. We're not, you know? So, yeah. So, there's my third third pick of my official list, you know, we'll get into honorable mentions later and stuff, yeah. but that's mine. Right on, man. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. I really like the, the songs that everybody picked. Uh, my last one yeah. is oh, yeah, yeah. Two. It's off of the self-titled debut released by Rage Against the Machine. It's the second track. It's called Killing in the Name. And this, I didn't really know much about the history, but I was doing some research and this album was recorded in April and May of 1992 in Los Angeles. And that was when the LA riots were going on in April and May, which was after the acquittal of the four officers who beat Rodney King. And like Los Angeles was burning down to the ground. Like they were in the studio recording their debut album at that time. And this song is just about police brutality and how racists infiltrate the ranks of police officers and this song i i think it's like literally like six lines of of lyrics they're repeated over and over again um but those being some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses now you do what they told you those who died are justified for wearing the badge they're the chosen whites and fuck you i won't do what you tell me basically like that's that's like all the lyrics. And then he says, killing the name of as like this rhetorical, like we, we know that these officers aren't serving the law. They're serving their own self-interest and their own self and their own hatred and their own ignorance and, you know, despising of other groups. But, you know, Rodney King being beaten and it being captured on camera and everybody seeing the footage and then the officers being acquitted is a huge slap in the face. The, the man who killed Latasha Harlins, who was a convenience store owner, and he just shot her because he like claimed that she was trying to steal something and they got mouthy with him. And the the jury in that case recommended like a 16 to 20 year sentence and the judge gave him time served. And it's just like, what are we doing in this country where like we have video of these things happening and there's still no justice? Um, one of the... Like a side note about this song, this song like stood out to me as a protest song. And it's like just repeating the lines and pounding into the ground until you get the point. But in this past election cycle, there was this like viral video circulating that was uh, footage taken like the day after the election or maybe two days after when people were still protesting, like stop counting the votes kind of protesting. Like, you know, we're racist white people and we don't want other people's votes to actually be counted. And it was, it's like this one minute video 
And I suggest you look it up just so you can watch it and just like, it is just like the Roddy King beatings where it's like, it's so apparent what's going on. This is a video that shows like the full ignorance of this country. And it's this lady, this like 50 to 60 year old white lady and her 50 and a 50, 60 year old white guy, maybe her husband, maybe her brother in certain States, maybe both. Um, But (laughs) she's, this lady is wearing uh, American Pagal. <laughs> That's me fighting back. Um, this lady is wearing a, a, an American flag tank top. And she has draped around her like a fucking superhero cape. Is one of those like black and white with the blue stripe, like thin blue lives American flag, which uh, FYI, I- idiots. That's like, mm. I guess it's not a law. Like you go to jail, but it's like extremely disrespectful of the flag to alter it in that way. Like, you claim you hate black people kneeling during the national anthem. How about you keep the American flag how it's supposed to look, you fucking ignorant assholes? But she's draped in this Blue Lives Matter flag, and she is scream singing along to Killing the Name of, which is blasting out of her own, like, boombox. And I'm just like, this fucking imbecile doesn't even understand. Like, this song is about police brutality, and she's wearing a thing endorsing police, singing the song, like... Are you, I'm not going to use the parlance of the 90s, but are you a fucking, an, are you, you're such an idiot. Like, I, you can't even, you can't, you can't even make something up like that. Like, <laughs> I thought it was like a bit and I just watched it like with my mouth, like on the floor, just like these fucking idiots, man. And that's America in 2020, 2021. It's like people who I, are so I, willfully, I ignorant, they don't even understand like a song that has six lines that are all about police brutality and they're singing it like it's a police like police anthem like because she's screaming at the crowd i won't do what you tell me and it's like you're such an idiot (laughs) well well as 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 you were speaking jeff i saw that maybe that this song because you're right, these people don't know that what, uh, if you're singing it like that, you don't really know why it was written. But some people, I might be, I find that with Rage Against the Machine, especially this song, is you get, uh, people think it's about Oh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. People, one, feel maybe empowered about what- The people who do wear badges are the ones that burn crosses. Yeah, I get that, too. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. I and I think people oh, weaponize man. it the other way sometimes when it's not really fucking idiots. Like that. It's it's meant to tell you that this is happening. Uh, you know, yeah. And with this song too, is a lot of people at least maybe like when I was in high school, uh, Rage Against the Machine yeah. might have um attracted a certain kind of person. Um, and as that kind of person may have matured and grew. They suddenly did not realize they they got maybe angry. <laughs> yeah, with this right. band. Why are you all political all of a sudden? Like they just didn't even get it at all. It wasn't even on the like in their minds at all. It's like um, it was like that great moment. I don't know if you've seen this documentary, but uh, when Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young got back together in the early two thousands after uh, the um invasion of Iraq and went uh, on tour together, um, they were singing protest songs and people were walking out, and I was like. Why would you go to a Neil Young concert thinking right. that he was not this person? He's always been this person. He didn't change yeah. at all. Like, his messaging really hasn't changed. He's still on brand with who he was in 1970. 
or whenever the, you know when they were wrote Ohio, um, and and I feel like Rage Against the Machine gets stuck in that a lot too. But this song is like such a powerful like um, it's such a powerful thing for for people to like rally behind. And like you were saying, it's only like six lines, so it's got the protest thing too, where it's like. Um, you know, some of those that hold office, and then you know, they, they everyone says some of those that hold office, you know, are the same that burn crosses, and then the whole crowd goes, the same that burn crosses. Mm-hmm. You could march to it, you could say it in the streets. Um, it is literally like written like a uh, people marching in the streets, rallying line for line what they're saying and how they believe it. Um, and this song, oh, it's so powerful, especially the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. You know, that is like. It's over. Fuck you. It's not. It's over. Like you, you yeah. saw what you did. Like Jeff said, it was on videotape. I'm not an idiot. I'm not doing it anymore, and I'm not going to stand for it. And it could be that you're not going to stand for what's directly happening to you, or you're not going to stand for what's happening to your brother. Um, and I dig the anger of the song. I dig the righteousness of the song. Um, like you know, and it's it's so powerful. It's so heavy. It's one of the most powerful, heavy songs that was, you know, released in my lifetime, like Jeff said. And I also like Jeff that you put all songs that came out in your lifetime so that it, it you could accurately reflect of, of how music has affected you in your time, in your being. Cause like I threw out some songs that definitely not, I think none of mine were in my lifetime. Um, and it was more like how I history lesson, but yours is like, this is how this song affected me. And I think that's a powerful statement. And I really, really love that. And I appreciate um, your picks today, man. It really like opened my mm. eyes to another level of it all. And uh, it's just really, you know, some, some solid, like, you know, thinking and, and uh, yeah, I same really, for uh, all I, of your I picks. I mean, like the, you, uh, like you started song, in the beginning, the man, like you know? music in a way is like the most honest form of history. And there's so many lessons to be gleaned from listening to any songs from the past, whether it's from the twenties, thirties, forties on that, like that really shows what those times really were like for for individuals, not a textbook. That's like the facts that someone else decides everybody should learn about, but like an individual perspective on what is actually going on during that time. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I, I will say too, man, that like specifically the Rage Against the Machine song, for me, I think that might be that song might be like the earliest memory I have of consciously hearing a song and being right, like right. Oh, this is like a this is political. This is kind of different. This is kind of uh, an approach mm. you know what I mean? In other words, like it very much I mean we use the term all the time, but like on the nose, like this song is very, very much on the nose in that way and it's right. even the name of the band rage against the machine like that's the whole right. thing like the whole thing is like, like fucking tear it down you know what i mean like and it's so angry and aggressive but it's also so like you know it has this preaching quality about it. it has all that you know so i don't know i think it's great and yeah likewise i think i think all the songs that we we chose yeah. as maybe our 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 three to list off in this sort of a way i think all three are are great and all have like a really, really, you know, they all have a place, I think in, in the, in the, in the bigger, you know, songs of protest, man. Cause like, that's really, you know, it's, it's, it's Woody Guthrie's guitar, you know, this machine kills fascists, man. That's the whole thing. It's like, you, you know, the, 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 the yeah. music, the music is the, is the weapon, man, you know? So, and or it can be anyway. So 
Um, so yeah. Man. Oh, I got a bunch. Uh, any honorable mentions, guys? Because I, I mean, we talked about a couple sort of. Uh, a yeah. couple, so I... if we want to like throw them out there, we, you know, we don't have to go too deep on yeah. them, but like definitely. Can I just give like a vague, uh, kind of a vague one? Um, yeah. I'd like to just point out that um, a lot of this music came from um, songs of protest, especially in America. Uh, a lot of these songs in the in the 20th century came from in the in I guess the 19th century as well. Definitely um, came from uh, African people who were brought here to be slaves in our country. Uh, a horrible, horrible thing that happened. Um, but these songs were came with these people, um, and they sang to give themselves hope, and they sang to inspire e- each other to keep on pushing and to to uh reflect change um and i think that at least in this country um that is one of that's if not that's the strongest you know um line straight to uh, a protest song uh came from spirituals that these people would sing and uh the growth of that i think is birthed out of that so i just kind of wanted to throw out in a larger form that um this is really, um, at least in this country, the um, tradition was uh, brought out by, um, you know, those people. And uh, it's important to um, recognize that they, um, they, they wrote about, you know, change and, and, and hope um, in a very desperate time. And I think those are things that we can take um, today and still learn from. So I just wanted to shout out that that's probably the most, uh, you know, where all that comes from. And uh, that's a great thing mm. to, you know, really appreciate about, about. So, yeah, be appreciative. Yeah, yeah I mean, one of, uh, like, just to start off with an honorable mention for me, I think a song uh, like Mississippi Goddamn, uh, Nina Simone, I mean, what a, what a, even just the title, man, it's just like Mississippi. God damn. It's such a, for me, it's like such an exhale of just being like, God, damn. you know what I mean? Like when you kind of take a step back, if things are going wrong, you know, and you know that sort of God damn that you kind of say to yourself, you know, I mean, for people who don't know, you know, this, the song itself is about the murders of Emmett Till and uh, Medgar Evers in Mississippi, but they all, it's also, it also um, in the lyrics, she also speaks to um uh what yeah the bombings in alabama and then you know she talks about tennessee so it's like alabama's got me so upset tennessee yeah tennessee lose my rest my rest and everybody everybody knows knows mississippi Mississippi. god damn you know and it's like yeah man it's like god damn like god damn like what the fuck you know, like, um, I just think for like, me, it's just, it's, in, it's an incredible song. That's an incredible, incredible song. Uh, highly recommend to look that one up. Um, I really like, too, how Nina Simone um, speaks to what um, the oppressor had said to her to, well, if you just do this, well, if you would just act like a lady, if you would just, you know, yeah. wash the windows and be quiet. And she's like, no, I've had it. My people have had it. You don't have to uh, live next to me. Just give me my equality. Um, yeah. This is probably the, I really, this is the first song I thought of, but I didn't really want to talk to it that much because it's such, <laughs> it's such a heavy, powerful song. And I don't right. even know if I can speak to it as with the effect of it, but um, look it up. Um, there's so much in it. 
and a great song and probably one of the most important songs of that period, especially with the expression, like Mike said, God damn, because how controversial of a moment to say the word um, in that yeah. time period. And she did it. And, you know, kudos to her, Nina Simone. Also, if you're going to shout out that one, I wish that I knew how it felt to be free. Yeah, um, anything Nina Simone, really. Black. Nina Simone. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, I'll throw Amazing. out one. It's, it's kind of a general protest song. Uh, it's from the early 70s. Yeah. It's by Gil yeah. Scott Heron, who was a Chicago poet and singer. Uh, I recommend the version off his second album, Pieces of a Man, but the version off the first album is good too. Uh, but that's the song, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, which is basically just using all the ad slogans of the, of the day for different pro, pro, uh, products and saying like, the revolution will not do this. Will not. And he's like using all the like Coke and jingles and stuff like that to be like, you're not going to see ads about this shit that's going on, but like, this is what's important. Not all this commercialism. Um, the, the version off his first album, album 125th and Lennox is good, but it's more like slam poetry. It's just bongos and congas behind it. Whereas the version off of piece of a man has, Ron's, Ron Carter on bass and Purdy Purdy playing drums and it's like this like funk soul thing. Um, so anything Gil Scott Heron really. I, mm. I, I like that one Jeff and uh, that one is uh, highlighted to me. I think I, I discovered that song maybe like a year ago um, and that was song really hit home with me too because um, just in this moment that we're having right now in our in our world yeah. um be wary of corporations. Uh, I think that's really uh, an important message. Um, the, you know, I said early on during this pandemic, I went, wait, just wait. I bet you we're going to have pandemic commercials. And goddamn, we had pandemic commercials. And then the civil unrest in our country happened this year uh, with the death of George Floyd. And don't you know that we had corporate, uh, you know, add-ins with that? And I'm not saying that corporations can't stand for something that's not what i'm saying but what i most corporations give money to money both sides and, of uh, politics you know that the rev they, there you go and i also want to yeah. point out what the point of that song was the revolution mm. will not be televised it will not and it will pepsi is and all these companies nike they're not going to give you what you need you got to find that for yourself on the inside and that's why i really really like that song that's a great shout out man yeah 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 um, as another shout out for me too, uh, as a honorable mention, um, I think oh, it's worth yeah. mentioning the, uh, song Ohio Crosby stills Nash and young to kind of go back to what kind of what Luke was saying earlier, where it's like, yeah, these people go to see Neil young and then they get all they're pissed idiots. off because he's actually like singing protest songs, you know, <laughs> like they're idiots, but the song Ohio is in response to the Kent state shootings. Uh, the Ohio national guard was sent in. Uh, in response to a protest, like students were protesting the Vietnam War and four students were shot. Um, and it's just for me, like, I think it's such a powerful song, not only instrumentally, you know what I mean? Because it kind of has this trudging, you know, but also, I mean, it's literally... The, the like the chorus got to get down to it soldiers are cutting us down should have been done long ago oh, I, <laughs> like, I thought that line was gunning us down 
No, they're cutting us down. Oh. I mean, it's it's the same. Oh, but I misheard that lyric, but I I thought, I mean, still, same point. They did. Yeah, but it's like, what if you knew her and found her dead on the ground? How can you, uh, yeah, how can you run when you know? Like, you know, it's like, yeah, Tin Soldiers and Nixon's coming. We're finally on our own, you know? And then, and then almost kind of like in an early sort of, thing of when you were talking about say rage against the machine of like the just like laying down the lyric like over and over again i mean they literally say four dead in ohio i don't even know how many times like what is that like 10 12 or something like that you know the the, the fade out is four dead in ohio they keep going yeah and then and then you hear calls after that so like the first round it's like four dead and then he says four and then how many more and then why and oh oh why 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 like you know, so I think um, that's a great, I think that's a great song that is, uh, you know, written in response of just like the, the, like the social clashes that were happening during the time of like the Vietnam War, you know what I mean? And like the idea where it's just like bring the soldiers, like where I think the Vietnam War was, was, was really the blatant sort of meaningless war. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it was a communist back, proxy war that we got like, involved oh, yeah, in this for whatever fucking like, reason. Well, what? Yeah, you know what I mean? And not for, I mean, not for nothing, though, like, yeah. and, like, my my biological father, like, fought in the Vietnam War, you know what I mean? He went to Vietnam, uh, you know, uh, 17, 18-year-old kid, you know what I mean? And, and fighting in this war, and that was the case for a lot of people, man. And I think that a lot of younger people at that time were seeing a lot of their peers getting sent off to fight this 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 war, you know what I mean? And they were protesting on behalf of you know each other and i don't it's just kind of crazy to me that you know like but i but it's i mean it's crazy to me but then you look at like you look at other protests that have happened uh in recent history of people peacefully protesting and uh you know in comes in comes yeah, the soldiers look at the wars and they're cutting today. us down Iraq, man. so it's like wars, like what was the point of those those weren't to take out you know yeah oil and to yeah. dismantle regimes that were oil baby from that oil Can mm-hmm. I can I shout out one Buffalo more Springfield one? Uh, for what it's yeah. worth is also a um yeah. you know um Buffalo Springfield Stephen Stills uh Neil Young um that's another song about about uh definitely about the Vietnam War um and that song fits in with uh definitely Ohio um and I think those two kind of like spring back off, like off each other um you know, say war is pointless, and then when you come mm-hmm. home and you you try to say something about it, and you can't even say anything about it. Um, yeah. And luckily, those songs are still around, so we can um, know what happened, um, get context to what happened. Um, and that song gets played in the radio all the time, Ohio, and for what it's worth, um, yeah. to this day. Uh, so when you hear it, maybe just you know think a little bit more about it. Think a little bit more about it. And for the people that um, did die in that that horrible incident. Um, you know, don't, don't let them have died. Yeah. There's a lot of anti-war songs that just like killing the name. It's like sometimes the people on the exact opposite side of the issue, like use it to empower their views, but songs such as war by Edwin Starr, the Motown song, which is like sung, like it's a marching chant and it's all anti-war or like one that's used in, in these political rallies all the time. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA it's like, that's not a proud song. That's like a guy who's disgraced to be from a country that like sends him to war and then treats him like shit when he comes back <laughs> as a veteran. Um, but there's a whole list. War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Yep. 
Like people listen to that and they're like, yeah, like I bet there's fucking people on helicopters yep. gunning down people playing that song. And they don't even understand like that song is all about like how evil that is and how people are just pawns in the, <laughs> in the government's game to like take power from other countries. There's a whole list, man. Fortunate Son by mm-hmm. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Absolutely. It's like, it's a song about like, yeah, I'm oh, just a yeah. poor guy from a poor town. I'm going off to war. I'm not a rich kid. I'm not a rich guy's son. So I can't stay here and pretend like I have bone spurs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. even, even to your Black Sabbath song, man, uh, to that point too, like, even if you are listening to that in that situation, it's, it's really about mm-hmm. the yeah. people that are doing it and maybe they don't even want to be there and maybe it's helping them relate. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause a lot of these people that have to join our military don't have any other option out. And they see that that's the clearest one that's going to give them success in this life to maybe escape poverty or a bad situation. Um, and maybe they don't want to be where they are and maybe they don't want to have to kill anybody, but they have to do what they have to do to maybe help their family or yeah. get out of a terrible situation they're in. And that's the only hope they have. Um, we don't, we don't have free education in this country. Um, and the military is a way to get that. So a lot of people have to do things they don't want to do in, and um, having like black Sabbath or credence and like Bruce Springsteen write songs for people who had to be in those situations, um, and then felt indifferently about them to be able to relate from those. I feel like that's a, you know, uh, it's a, it's a point of view that, uh, is is one to be thought about and looked at definitely you know mm. and on the other front mm, yeah absolutely nothing you know what a great phrase man that that song uh, yeah. i heard it yesterday on the radio uh and i was like man pff, absolutely nothing he's, yeah. he's damn right yeah 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 and another real one real quick too i didn't you know this is kind of on the fly because we're, we're talking about like war in the Vietnam War, especially. But Country Joe and the Fish, I feel like I'm fixing a Dirag, like that song where they're like, whoopee, we're all going to die. Like it's this uh, uh, another one where like the lyric is delivered in kind of like this silly way. But like, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty much just like one of the it's uh, to me, it feels like it's this sort of like. Well, come on, boys, like, pick yourself up from your bootstraps. We're going to go die in the jungle, you know, and like, come on, just be a good little soldier. Uncle Sam needs you. You know what I mean? And it's like this perspective of of that. And like, I don't know, I, I think I think that's it's such a crazy song to me, too. Like, if you listen to the, like, if you actually listen to, to it and like the lyrics and stuff, you're like, what the fuck? Like, one. you know, like what? That's, it's one, two, three. What are we fighting for? Don't ask me. I don't give a damn. Next stop is Vietnam, you know, like, and it's like this very like crazy kind of you know we're all singing it together because i guess we're all just marching to our death you know so yeah well and and on the topic of all wars there's there's always people who go to war because there's like no other option for them and you know military job is good benefits and it's a good job and all that stuff but there's other people who sign up when they're 17 18 19 years old who really believe that like the war is a right thing to do. You saw a lot of people, a lot of teenagers in early twenties after nine 11, they entered the military. And then a year and a half later, they're in the desert and they're looking at themselves like, mm-hmm. what are we even doing here? The, you saw a lot of people who were the sons of world war two vets who signed up in 1966 to go to Vietnam and like thought like, well, my dad was fighting a righteous cause 
mm-hmm. against Nazism, and they're telling us that like the stuff in Vietnam is the same kind of thing. So, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of ignorance, especially with young young military people, mm-hmm. that they may not even know really why they're going, but they are kind of hyped up and they are excited to go in a way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There's definitely both sides of that coin that exists. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, I also really quick wanted to touch on the MC5 for a hot minute too, because I think that maybe, I mean, I think kick out the jams. I read, I read somewhere that that song, although it kind of has become this sort of like civil sort of political, sociological sort of like anthem, it wasn't necessarily intended to be that, although it came up like that. It came out across the people like that, or at least it was interpreted in that way. But I'd lo- I would just like to say, as the MC5 too, like known uh, members of like the White Panther Party, which was like kind of a sister party, like, uh, you know, uh, to the Black Panther Party and stuff. I mean, very same thing. I mean, what was it? Did, what, what, they they I think it was only them who played at the Democratic Convention. Remember, there was like a whole bunch of bands that were supposed to show up and play like Jefferson Airplane. All these other bands, MC5, and I think Neil Young are the only ones that actually show up to do this show, you know. But, like, again, they practice what they preach, too, man. They were very militant in that way, too. And, I mean, even in, in the on the album, Kick Out the, um, Kick Out the Jams, like the, or the self-titled, rather, uh, you know, it, it takes five seconds, five seconds to decide, like, the type of person that you're going to be, mm. you know. And, like, like li- stuff like that where you're like, yeah. And it's almost you know. speaking to kind of Jeff's thing to be militantly anti-war. Yeah. Right. 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 In yeah. You know. And they were. I mean, uh, to, to be fair, like the MC5 like, I think at one group. point were kind of like dubbed, like sort of this like FBI wanted or Absolutely. what? Yeah, man. Like for real. But the but the thing was was like, I mean. Oh, the other end of the spectrum, like you can't, you can't like be this band that comes out like in army fatigues and like rifles and, you know, and like talking about being. Uh, and and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is, is that people are going to. That's why I love like, about public you know, enemy, government had, entities are just going to be like, group hey, with guys over there uh, military are... fatigues doing like marching maneuver right, dances right. with, and it's like with with black berets on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 So you're gonna you're you're, you're gonna get attention, <laughs> like you know. But at the same time, I mean, I admire people mm. who you know, in that sense, like who are actually standing up for the betterment of of people and right. organizing and stuff like that. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, absolutely. Uh, that was a great thing you said, Mike. Like uh, to everybody that puts their ass on the line and says all these things that are hard to say. Um, you know, that's a real thing and uh it takes real courage and um something I even struggle with to say the right thing sometimes when you know something's wrong. Um mm. and hopefully you know, like these songs give me courage sometimes to, to be a better person and to say what's right and to, you know, stand up for what's good and um shout out like Mike said to everybody that does have the courage to say what they need to say in the moment and uh for all the people that put their asses on the line, you know. Uh, so we could be where we are today. Yeah, you know, today's Martin Luther King and, Day, but yeah, you know, I think it's a good day out. to reflect on everybody yeah, who has absolutely any skin in the game in all of the social causes and civil rights and anti-war and anti-brutality and pro pro people is how I yeah. like to look at it. Yeah, mm. yeah, and also with Martin Luther King as well, like the um 
the the aspect or the approach maybe you would say of being a loving person you know and 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 really preaching and trying to stay true to that sentiment which is just like be a loving human being man because like that's that's really the thing that's gonna say if there's one if there is one force of nature that exists that will actually do it it's gonna be the love so like let's cash in now because like you know what i mean like that's that's the one thing that's gonna you know if there's one thing that'll save us man that's it so like let's start investing in it man and start practicing it you know so um this is a this is a great episode guys i'm really i'm really enjoying this conversation i think this is uh yeah i feel like i I learned something and um yeah you know happy martin luther king jr day everyone dr martin luther king jr oh sorry hold on a second Techn- technical difficulties my doctor's office was calling me. so yeah <laughs> dr. dr martin, martin luther king, king. Oh, yeah. um but yeah anyway to, oh. to wrap it up you know you can if you have any suggestions or questions or comments always you can email us get in the garage podcast at gmail.com you can find us on all social media platforms and everything um but uh yeah man great episode and uh jeff i was talking to luke about it and i was thinking that because february is black history month yeah that um, yes. I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we maybe for every episode of the podcast for the month of February, we kind of focused in on, you know, like, you know, the uh, like early R&B, like blues, jazz, a lot of these like black American sort of uh, genres of music and stuff uh, that we can kind of, you know, talk about and uh, appreciation and observance and observance Definitely. of Black History Month. You know me, I, I prefer that kind of music. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, say, I think, I think all, all three of us, you know, I think all three of us do. I would also just like to, to, um, shout out, not that it's like a, you know, but Bootsy Collins, been doing a lot of Bootsy Collins, just because we're talking about music real quick. Like, uh, there's a great podcast. Ooh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. I listened to it last night, though, and it was with Bootsy Collins. And, um, it's, it was interesting because most of the time when you listen to Bootsy talk, you know, it's 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 mostly just he's like it's, it's, it's Bootsy, it's Bootsy baby. baby. You know, and it's like mostly about music and stuff. But this was cool. It's called the Tightrope. It's with uh, I think it's Doctor Cornell West and uh, Trisha Rose. Um, it's a really cool podcast. And oh, I love Doctor. Yeah, Cornel man. West. And um, it's it's just a really good listen. Uh, they talk about the funk, but they also talk about like what the funk is on like a much bigger level. And it's just cool to listen to mm. Bootsy Collins talk about these sort of, you know, uh, social issues and racial issues and stuff like that. You know, um, it was just a great podcast. Yeah. And it was, it was like so perfect. Cause, cause you know, I'm just listening. I want to hear, I kind of want to just hear Bootsy Collins talk about, you know, bass and the funk and stuff like that, just cause we love music. And I love listening to him talk about that stuff, but it just so happened that I listened to this podcast last night and it just, it was like a perfect, it set the tone perfect for me because it was them talking about that. And talking about the love and talking about the, you know, and they even talked about uh, Martin Luther King and everything. So it was like, it was just such a good podcast to listen to. So if you, if you like the funk, if you like music and you also want to like hear, uh, you know, say a musician that's notable like Bootsy Collins talk about social and political issues and stuff like that. Um, it's a, it was a great episode to listen to. So I just wanted to shout that out real quick. Cause it was just a really, really great listen, you know, and it's like 45 minutes. It's not like it's this big three hour thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, 
It was great. It's Bootsy, baby. I just love, I, lo- I love Bootsy Collins, man. He's just Thank like, so like, star- it's just like, he just makes me so happy. It's Bootzilla. <laughs> so I just, I love him. You know? Yeah. Anyway, this has been Get in the Garage. What an episode. Right on, man. Right on. What an episode. I love you guys. Check out my other yes. podcasts. What do you love about music? Yeah, what it was episode? cool. I was, uh, uh, yeah, I was Jeffrey's first guest. Episode one was Mike. Episode two was Luke. Yeah, check episode that out. Three, I love being coming out this yeah. Wednesday is my sister. We recorded nice. it last night. Um, and I have some like weekly disc picks, which are album recommendations to check out. And you'll hear in those. I mean, sometimes I don't, but pretty much everything I'm trying to highlight is music made by people of color. Um, so, yeah. you know, we're talking about civil rights and activism all that stuff in today's episode so you know if you check out those album picks a lot of that is great classic black music especially yeah man yeah 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 also real quick shameless plug as well um uh what works for you is a podcast that i have in the works that's uh i'm working on i'm pre-recording episodes like as we speak kind of thing and uh we'll be releasing oh hopefully the first episode at some point next week uh, but I'll have, you know, Luke will be a guest, of course, Jeffrey will be a guest, of course, you know, and it's basically just, just, uh, kind of another interest of mine. And I would probably say ours as well. That is just kind of like, uh, you know, breaking down these ideas of mind, body, and soul. And like, you know, it's the whole Ramdas thing. There's many paths up the mountain, but they all lead to the same place. And it's like, what works for you? And like, I just, we'll try to have a weekly guest on. Uh, and just ask them what works for them and, you know, you know, try to like take something away from the conversation and, and sh- just share experiences to try to, you know, help each other along the way, man. Cause you know, like we're all walking each other home, you know, so <laughs> that kind of vibe. So yeah. 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 Well, anyway, you guys right on Michael. Have a good one. Love you guys. Later. Talk right to on. you soon. Bye. Love, peace. Hair Bye. Grease. Bye guys.